Hello and welcome. This is Story You Talk Radio, and I am your host, Coach Debbie. And I'm delighted that you have reserved this hour to spend with me so we can talk about everything on your mind regarding the writing process, your books, your blogs, your brands, and whatever it is you are up to and creating. I am a Seattle-based writing coach. I was a professor of writing for over 20 years in the Seattle area. But I moved on to entrepreneurial adventures in radio and in coaching people through their writing process, especially first, second, and third time authors of short books, self-help books, ongoing blogs, and of course, reinventing your brand. So it is my delight to come to you every Thursday at 4 o'clock here on KKNW. We produce a live show every single Thursday. And then, just in case you missed it, we offer you a Friday replay at 6 a.m. in Seattle. Or if you're on the East Coast, 9 a.m. Or if you're out there in London, hmm... I think it's more around 2 o'clock or so in the afternoon for you there. Uh, My friends in Norway, 3 o'clock for you. And we also offer a podcast, and that's available on one of your favorite podcast platforms, whether it be Apple Podcasts or Podcast One or Spotify or TuneIn. There's a bunch of others. I would be delighted if you would follow me. The show name is Story U. That's capital U, Story U Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in today. I have some wonderful little treats for you. One just tickles my heart to no end, and that is I have received a poem from a 10-year-old fifth grader in the Seattle area, Her name is Larson, and I will be reading her poem to you on the air today. I also have a wonderful question who has come in from our regular listening audience about being a fearless writer, and that's what we are talking about today. I want to tell you just quickly that I have adopted very much so to our new normal, do we call it, and I have courses online, and I am offering one in January that I'm pretty darn excited about. This is a combination of getting into that that thing you've been saying you're going to write. For a lot of people, it's a book. For some people, it's that un- ongoing blog. But whatever it is you've been saying you're going to write, I am creating an online community of writers where I'll be teaching live every week a class to you. It's a mastermind group. And within this class, you will also be choosing a project that you want to work on And you and I will be setting up meeting times to do exactly that. So you get the benefit of a community, but you're also being offered live teaching and then one-on-one support from me as well. If you're interested, I hope you'll head on over to my website. That's CoachDebbie.com, and that's spelled D-E-B-B-Y, CoachDebbie.com. You can just click on connect and type in a little message for me that you want to know more and I'll get that information right out to your email address. There's many different levels that I'll be offering. Uh, For example, if you're someone that that doesn't really want the one-on-one, you would just like the live courses or maybe you would just like the recordings. There's different levels, different payment options to suit you. So let's just have a moment to get centered here and get ready for today's topic. I'm going to have a sip of water here. 
We're talking about editing. And I know a lot, a lot of people have a lot, a lot of questions about editing. The questions started to come in before we even went live today. <laughs> and and that's always a true sign that this is something that's on your mind long before we even announce the topic of our shows. If you want to be a live caller today to get live coaching, you can call into the show where Eric, my engineer, I call him my engineer, he's actually the engineer to many of us, but I love his personalized way. Eric will be answering the phone and connecting us. So let's say hello to Eric right now. How you doing down there, Eric? Hey, good afternoon, Debbie. I'm doing well. Beautiful day again here in the Northwest. So, you know, enjoying the view as I uh, listen to the show and, boy, editing that's not something I've thought too much about when it comes to writing. I think about it daily, of course, when it comes to audio. So I'm interested to hear, you know, the thoughts behind it. I bet you're going to see some crossover. Bet you Probably you do. some correlation, yeah. <laughs> Would you tell us the phone numbers so people can call in today? You know it. 425-373-5527 is our line here. 425-373-5527. Or toll-free in Western Washington, it's 888-298-5569. That's 888-298-KKNW. Thank you. And again, that's that's Eric. That's the friendly voice you're going to hear when you call into the show. Nothing to be afraid of. Call in. Neither of us bite. He will get you on the line and we'll take your question. Find out what's on your mind today. If, if you're more of an introvert and you'd prefer to write in a question, I do have my Facebook page open. And you can just go to the back side of Facebook page. Uh, it's called Messenger. And just type in your question there. So I'm at CoachDebbie.com. And on Facebook... It's just my full name there. Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. And my last name, Handrich, it's just like it sounds. H-A-N-D-R-I-C-H. So like I said, we are talking about fearless editing today. Fearless editing for today's writer. It doesn't mean you have to be fearless while you're doing the editing, more so, what I'm saying is it takes a fearless mindset to do all the different levels of editing because naturally we tend to go far, far, far from our creative mind when we're thinking about editing. I mean, what is it that you get caught up in when you think about editing? Usually it's that stuff we think we've got to fix, like punctuating, spelling, proper vocabulary, that can really hang people up. Also, just the notion of how long should my piece of writing be or how do I set these margins so it, it looks good, all that stuff. Many people think that if they can master just these basic skills, they've really done enough. Editing's done. It's over. And sure, basic editing matters. It does. Punctuation, clear margins, all of that really appeals to our eyes when we see those words on the page. And, and basic editing, it even appears to like your, your hearing, your ears, when you hear yourself read your own work out loud. I like to say that basic editing is essential, but I don't believe it's essential until you're at the very end of writing something. And I think that surprises a lot of people. I think many people believe that basic skills should be on their mind every step of the way through writing something. But I'll tell you, I think that gets deeply in the way of your creativity. 
However, <laughs> however, I have really good news for you, and that is moving into more of a fearless editing mindset. And this is the next level of writing, and I call this content editing. These editing skills are all about who's your character and what sort of theme are you really focused on here? What kind of story arc do you want to develop? What are going to be your main points and how cohesive are they together? How in-depth do you want to go into your topic? Content editing is about also, these three things that one of my teachers taught me, his name was Peter Elbow. Elbow, just like, just like your arm, Peter Elbow. And he said there are three things you want to have in mind when you are editing your speech or your article or your essay. And that is, you want to have in mind that you were great at informing someone. Or possibly that you were great at entertaining them. But you always want to leave, third and foremost, a lasting impression with your readers. And that stuck with me. That's something I had written down and thumbtacked to my wall in my apartment when I was going through graduate school. Those things have stuck with me. Content editing, if you ask me, it's for that fearless writer. It's for that person who is willing to grow, that person that is willing to study, willing to expand. They're not just sitting back looking for a good word or a nice five space indent. They're going deeper. They're willing to write maybe three drafts before they call it done. They're, they're willing to really get into their own style. This person isn't ever going to copy someone else. We don't like copying, right? We don't like to be copied. We certainly don't like to get caught copying. When you're copying, you're just getting the job done. And that's not fearlessness. But when you do step into that fearlessness... You're that person that's willing to change your approach. You're that person that is willing to adopt your thinking. And you're looking for the right places and the right timing to do it. And so I'm going to teach you a little bit about that today. How to stop the rushing. How to stop the obsessing. Because all that's doing is cutting off your creativity. It's getting in your way. When, when you are willing to be fearless, you are back in your creative zone. And I, I really want to support the people here today that are thinking that just having something nicely polished out there finished could be enough. Because you just feel so much more alive when you're connected to your creativity, when you're really in your content and giving it all you've got. And like I said, I've got some good examples for you today. We're going to look after this first break, we're going to take a look at a poem that I am so excited to share with you today. And I, I know many of you are thinking, haven't I been challenged enough you know, 2020 has brought about a lot of changes, but there is so much for us to learn about adapting to change and being open-minded and really editing the content, the real juiciness of what we're putting out into the world. When we look to younger people, younger people, the U.S. at the very least, let alone extended around the globe, most of the younger people in the U.S. right now are doing their schoolwork online. And I know this is a massive change for people, for everyone at home. But 
you've got to find a way to adapt, to be willing to step into that change. Or education is just something that's going to be far and away from your experience. You're, you're not going to be in your creativity. You're not going to be producing. And that's not what 2020 is supposed to be about. I really think this is a time for us to learn how to upgrade our thinking skills and really be in that right timing, really allow ourselves to expand and do something different. And that's what content editing is all about. It's about the bigger picture. So let me take you deeper into that. After we take our first break here, we're going to come right back. Please stay tuned. Have you considered your health goals as you step into fall? Are you finishing the year right on track? If these questions leave you stumped, meet Autumn, the founder of L Nutrition. As a clinical nutritionist, she knows that counting calories never works long term, and high endurance exercise is not everyone's thing. Check out the podcast for the October 1st edition of Story You Talk Radio, as Autumn Bates shares scientific facts to help you be fit, reduce chronic pain, and meet your wellness dreams. Working hard to put a smile on your face. Alternative Talk. 1150. And welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. It's a delight to be with you today as we're we're talking about editing on several different levels here. We're talking about editing our writing. But we're also talking about editing our thinking so we can get back to being creative and not so afraid of the things we're trying to create. I want to tell you a little bit about, well, first I want to tell you about something that happened to me when I was a little bit new at the college. And then I want to share this wonderful poem with you from our Seattle fifth grader. I'm, I'm so excited to receive this poem. She is the youngest person so far to send me something to read on the air. And that takes guts, you know? That takes guts to say, I'm going to put my work out there in the world. But it fits in so well with what we're talking about today. And that is letting ourselves be creative and not over editing. So let me just share with you this story. It was probably around 2001 or two, and at the college we were offering sports scholarships. It was pretty new. I was teaching English 101, general freshman English at the college, and it was in sort of a theater-type class where, where the rows of of desks go up, 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 up toward the door. Look like look like a small theater. And right by the front door, and furthest from me, was a student named David. He was in my 1130 class. And I remember on the very first day of school, he came down after class and said, I'm a little bit concerned I have basketball practice at 12 o'clock. And I know your class is 11.30 to 12.30, but I have to be at basketball every day. And I told him right off. I just said, wow, you're, you're basically telling me you're going to be here for 20 minutes of a 60-minute class every day. I'm concerned about you passing this course. And he said, no, 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 don't, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm going to pass this course and I'm going to get at least a B because I'm going for a sports scholarship. And so I was a little concerned about David because he, he had a goal in mind and yet I couldn't see how it was going to work out. I let him know right off the bat, 
If your basketball practice is at 12, you might want to take the 8.30 or the 9.30 in the morning class. And he, oh, no, 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 that was too early. And I said, what about the evening class at 6.30 at night? No, 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 that's too late. So David had what many of us call the Goldilocks syndrome. <laughs> he just wanted everything to work for him. David wasn't really willing to adapt to much change. He wasn't really willing to open up his thinking. He wanted me to do the adapting. He wanted to come to class for 20 minutes. He wanted to be excused for the next 40 minutes and still get a good grade and still get a scholarship and still go on and still do all these things. So one day we were talking in class about editing and he got up just as he often did and was getting ready to leave. But I noticed how he, he hung around just for an extra minute or so. And after class and after his basketball practice, he came and met me at the at my office. And he just asked me how he was doing in class. And I said, David, I'm, I'm pretty concerned about you because I, I've noticed that this arrangement just isn't working out. There's so much you're missing. And what's showing up is that you're getting the real basics, but you're not getting the depth of it all. And, and that comes from being in class and reading the stuff and doing the work. And he said, but didn't I, didn't I turn in a, a good essay there? And I said, well, yeah, yeah, okay, what do you mean? And he said, well, I, I checked all my spelling and I, I made sure the margins were set right. And I threw in a couple of brand new big words. And I said, hmm, okay, I see that. But that's not what freshman English is all about. And that's not what I'm teaching you to do in my class. And my concern is that you're missing too much class. You're missing what's being offered here. Even though I want to see you go on and get that scholarship, I think the way you get your scholarship is by doing well in school and doing well out on the basketball court. And right now, you're choosing to be on the basketball court and you're just giving the tiniest bit of time to your studies. You're sort of missing the point. And he didn't like hearing that. But David and I finally figured out how to move him into a different class when he realized he was not going to get that B and that meant he would not get a scholarship, he would not meet his goal, and on he went. What was unfortunate was that he adapted a little bit late to the game. So I didn't really ever learn how it all panned out for him. But what I know was that he thought everyone else, like me, like the teacher, was going to make the difference. But it's actually the writer. It's actually the student. It's actually that person who's got to figure out how to adapt to change, how to adapt thinking, how to do it in a new way. So let's go on to my next example here of a gal that is doing a great job at just that. She is a delightful young 10-year-old, a fifth grader here in Seattle. She is the granddaughter of my friend Rita. Her name is Larson, and like many, many students today, she's had to adapt to the idea that we're not going to school. We're not getting the after-school programs. The swimming pool is closed. The monkey bars are marked off. We can't do things the way we used to love to do things. And at the same time, education is still important. It's still important to find a way to show up 
and read, to show up and write, to show up and get your arithmetic done. All that stuff is still very important and the time it takes still has to be invested. In Larson's time, either doing an assignment or her free time, she chose to write a poem. And it is so rare that someone sends in a poem to me, but even more rare to receive a poem from a 10-year-old. This is just wonderful. I want to read to you this poem, and I want you to realize how creatively this is done. This wasn't written by someone who was worried that she was going to only use the perfect words here or that she would use the biggest words she knows. This is someone that went for it, that was free form, that was excited. And I want to share with you this adorable poem. It's called The Walk to the Kitchen. She says, I lay on the couch reading my Harry Potter book. There are no sounds around me except for the clock. Just then, my mouth felt as dry as a cow on a summer day, but I am too lazy to get a drink in any way. I lay back to rest my head. I dream about sleeping in my bed. When I start to get more thirsty, one more second and that's it. I get up slowly onto the floor, walking slow and steady not to fall. I make it to the kitchen, satisfied, and more. I sit down and I realize, wait, I'm hungry. This is by Larson, 10-year-old fifth grader in Seattle. Do you hear the joy in this poem? Joy is what happens when you are engaged in your content. I don't even know if Larson went back and changed any of this. Maybe she did. Maybe she added a few words after her first time through. Maybe she changed from the Harry Potter book to something else. I don't even know. But what I know is I hear the voice of someone creative, someone connected. And what does it take to be that person? It really takes the ability to adapt her own thinking in a time that's difficult. It takes this approach to realizing change is happening all around us. We don't have the same access to school, but if we're asked to write a poem, or if we have the free time to write a poem, what might come out if we just think about the last moment of being thirsty? What might come out of us? That's where real content editing begins. It begins with this idea of what is possible, but it takes a mind that is open to what's possible. Not just the mind that goes back and tries to find perfect words, perfect indentations, perfect word count. Not that mind. The mind that is open. The mind that is free. That's where you want to start. Some things I love about this poem is that she incorporated Harry Potter. So something she loved. Often when we're just caught up in getting our work done, we try to think about writing on a topic that will impress someone. And we don't really think to include what we love. My guess is Larson loves Harry Potter. Another thing she did was she incorporated some rhyme. Now, people that know about poetry and the structures like Sestinas, for example, they know exactly where the rhyme goes. 
Did Larson put rhyme exactly where the rhyme goes? Not always, but she showed off this talent for, I want to put some rhyme in here. I'm going to rhyme the words head and bed. And she had some others because classically, what do we do in poetry? We rhyme. But she also did this great thing. She contrasted her original thought, which is, oh, I'm hanging out on the couch and I'm so thirsty, but I don't want to get up. And she contrasted that with the even bigger thought and ended with the notion of, but wait, I'm hungry, right? She moved on to the bigger idea and she felt confident enough as a writer to end her poem right there. In other words, to let you, the reader, dream on. I don't know what what Larson has in store for us as a writer. I mean, maybe she's thinking about journalism. Maybe she's got many more poems to send in. But what I can see in her so far is a freedom. I see creativity. And when you go on as a writer, when you're in your college writing classes, when you're writing your master's thesis, when you're putting out your regular blog posts, when you are approaching that thought that there's a book inside of you, you got to have your creativity right there with you. You can't be stuck in the idea that if I could just learn these few basic editing skills and get the thing done, that that's enough. It is enough if all you want to do is get a C in the course. It is enough if you don't really care about having a deep experience. But it's never going to be enough for the real journalist. It's never going to be enough for the poet. And it was never enough for me the person who wanted to write blogs, the person who wanted to write teaching content. And my guess is it's not enough for Larson, our 10-year-old fifth grader who's hanging out with Harry Potter, who's adjusting her mind to what online learning is about right now, and who's decided she's going to be a good student no matter what. Half, I would say, half of being a good student is staying open to your creativity because that's what helps you grow and that's what helps you study and that's what helps you do these big jobs of what we call content editing. It only takes a few moments in a dictionary or a thesaurus to find new words and to add those to your essays. But it takes a lot more to think about what do I really want to point out in my story or in my poem? If I could only have three points, what would they be? And what life experience am I going to bring in? What stories am I going to tell? What lasting impression do I want to have with my reader? That's a bigger commitment. And that's content editing. And that requires being committed to your writing and having a deeper experience with it. Hey, Larson, if you're listening today or if you're catching the recording, I just want to say thank you so much for sending this in. And your work is always welcome here. I would love it if you write something else and if you care to write in again. We're going to take our second break. When we come back, we're going to dive deep into what are some of those content editing skills and how might you bring them to your own writing. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Have you considered your health goals as you step into fall? 
Are you finishing the year right on track? If these questions leave you stumped, meet Autumn, the founder of L Nutrition. As a clinical nutritionist, she knows that counting calories never works long term, and high endurance exercise is not everyone's thing. Check out the podcast for the October 1st edition of Story You Talk Radio, as Autumn Bates shares scientific facts to help you be fit, reduce chronic pain, and meet your wellness dreams. How do you define strength? Is it physical? Hot, hot. Or is it mental? Maybe it's both. Maybe it's whatever empowers a person to dig deeper, fight harder, and overcome obstacles that once seemed insurmountable. Discover how much stronger and more confident your children can be. Encourage them to participate in a sport when they go to high school. This message presented by the Washington Interscholastic Activities Association and the Washington State Secondary Athletic Administrators Association. Are you ready for something real, raw, upfront, and honest? Then tune in each Wednesday at 2 p.m. right here for Love from the Hip. I am spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and the host, Sakura Sutter. This show is unlike anything you have ever heard and was created to help others to help themselves. Hear me follow up with guests I have hypnotized and see how it has improved their lives. I will also spotlight amazing people from around the world. Their skin tips, live readings, and answers to life's burning questions. Join us each Wednesday at 2 p.m. Going our own way every day. Alternative Talk 1150. And thank you so much for tuning in to Story You Talk Radio. I'm here with you live every Thursday at 4 o'clock Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. If you haven't already, I encourage you to download the KKNW app. It allows you to listen to any of the live shows wherever you are, right from your phone or from your computer. I also offer a recorded podcast. It's usually out just an hour or two after the show records, and you can find that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast One, and others. And again, the show is called Story You. It's capital U, Story You Talk Radio, and I'm your host, Coach Debbie. I love doing this show, and I love getting these questions. We're going to take our, our question that was written in today, and this comes from Jordan. He is a Toastmaster, and he said some very nice things here in the early part of his note about uh, recent Toastmaster advice that I gave. And then he says, but getting on to my question, is it true that a well-crafted speech always makes three well-rounded points. I've heard this over and over again. However, for my Pathways project, I'm presenting a speech that is timed for 20 minutes. I can't even envision how I would go on with just three points. What is your feeling about this? Okay, very good. There is the rule of three in so many things, so many things. There's the rule of three in, I once heard about the rule of three in marriage counseling, to bring in that third party objective when you're trying to work something out. There's the rule of three in business, have yourself, have your assistant, and have your accountant all sit down together. There's the rule of three when you're developing listening skills. It exists in so many places. So, uh, what is your name? Jordan. Jordan, you are, you're asking really about that rule, and can we break it? Sure, sure. You can expand that rule of three, and I would... I would suggest for your first 20-minute speech, you go exactly in that direction, expanding. So think about this. Let's say you are really skilled right now and confident right now at doing three, 
would you feel better if you could do four? So in other words, would you feel better adding on one more? Or would you feel better taking the three and dividing each of them into two? So giving rule one a part A and a part B. Giving rule two a part A, a part B, etc. Or is it that you're feeling like you could expand and have, I think I called it rule. I didn't mean to. I meant to call it point. Point one, point two, point three. Do you feel more confident dividing those points and having six instead of three? Or do you feel more confident expanding those points so that you have a fourth? There's really no right or wrong. But what I would suggest against is only making one point in your speech. And I would also suggest against making many, many, many quick points. Like, for example, a 20-minute speech having 20 points. For one, that's going to get you out of breath. Nobody wants that. (laughs) But for another... It's really about what is manageable for you. Good content editors get to know what's manageable for me. What do I like to do? If you've already taken care of the basics and made that commitment and said, I know that once I get to the end of my writing, I'm going to go back and make sure that my vocabulary is up to speed. And I'm going to make sure that all of the spelling is double-checked. And I'm going to make sure that I corrected the grammar as best I could. And those things. After you're confident with those basic skills, you should look into what are the editing skills that allow you to be more and more creative. And I really think that's the best advice I can give you here, Jordan. What allows you to feel more creative? If it's breaking three points into half and developing them more, do it. If it's adding on a big crescendo, a big finale that you've never added on in previous ones, do it. Another advice Um, another bit of advice I might give you is who's someone you really admire? Is it possible that you could keep three points and just after you do the first one and the second one, is there someone you really admire and you could tell a story about that person? Kind of like how we we focused on Larson today and her poem. And that would illustrate your points even more when you're giving your speech. I think for many of us, when it comes to content editing, and especially when we're going to offer our content verbally and in front of people instead of written, there's this fear deep, deep fear that while it's happening, it's going to go wrong. So you have to develop that commitment that whatever your content is, that you're willing to develop fully and with your own style. For example, some people will write out, when they're doing fiction writing, they'll write out the arc of their characters and their plot and their theme and all of that before they even get started. And I I think this is a wonderful idea. I also think it's really, really important to have someone that you trust along the journey with you because there's going to be things that trip you up as you go. And you're going to want to have someone to run questions by as you go. In November, there's a contest that's become very popular coming up. It's called NaNoWriMo, NaNoWriMo, National 
Nano National Writers Month. Ooh, I always forget that. Nano Rimo. Uh, National Month for Writer. <laughs> I can't remember. But basically, the idea is fifty thousand words of writing in the month of November, whether anyone ever sees it or not. The idea is you join the community and you share your experience of writing. 50,000 words that month and that's a that's a short little novel but I mean come on that's that's a worthy amount of words so what I think is so important here is to have some community you can go to where you can share these ideas of how you want to develop your own content editing this is what allows you to branch out and, and think with a, a deeper approach to writing. You don't get stuck in just the ideas of the basics, but you start to deepen the experience as you go. And that's very, very different than being caught up in how to do it right, how to rhyme well, how to get enough words on the page, how to meet the deadline. It's very, very different thinking. I mean, I'll tell you, when I think of the topics for this show, I start with things I just am so excited to talk to you about. I don't really think about what others are doing or what's going to make a profitable show. I mean, that comes into the play later on at some point. Sometimes not at all, though. What I'm really focused on is what do I want to share with you and how might I tap into what you need to hear? That's what gives me joy and helps me show up every Thursday at 4 o'clock. A friend of mine had a show, a live show, for three months. She did 12 shows. And then she switched over to a podcast, which wasn't live. And she started doing somewhere between one and, in a, in a big month, about six or seven or eight shows a month. So it wasn't consistent. And I asked her why. Why did she switch out that live show for a podcast that that she would do whenever she felt like, basically? And what she said was she just felt too much pressure to get it right. And that's what basic editing does to us at times. We we get into that zone of thinking. I've got to have three points, or I've got to spell this right, or I've got to have the perfect length. We get caught up in those ideas, and we forget how to adapt. We forget how to be creative. We forget that people care so much more about our content and our joy and our connection and how we relate to each other. They care so much more about that than whether you got it right. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying there aren't critics out there. There are lots of critics out there. But think about this. The people that have been harsh with you, did you really find that they were completely on your side? Sometimes people are harsh to just kind of get you in shape and get the job done a little better, a little stronger, a little this, a little that. But did you feel the real connection to experience while all that was going on? Probably not. I, I find if I feel like I've got to make three really good points, then I'm not in the same place as when I think, Aha, I have three points to share, but I might also bring in this fourth one or this fifth one. Let's see how it goes. I'm going to write out my draft. Then I'm going to take a break. Then I'm going to come back and I'm going to look at my draft. Then I'm going to see if that fourth point can fit in there. 
then I'm going to take another break. Now, this is not a strategy for the procrastinator. Notice, you've really got to be on your own side. You've got to have some time to develop. But that's what content editing is all about. It goes beyond the basics of just getting something done. And it really works with what's your style. Maybe you were told somewhere that three's a great number, and it is. But is your style really begging for point four? Or is your style really asking you to break those three points down and get into each one even more so that in the end it sort of looks like you've got six going on? What works for you? That content, that's where you belong. How might you develop the arc of your story even more? Well, right away, bring in another person that will listen to you talk it through. How are you going to be that person who goes from being comfortable writing two pages to writing ten? to getting deeper and deeper into your content. Well, you're going to be that person, first of all, who gives yourself more time, who's willing to have some consistency and more scheduling going on. You're going to be that person who says, just like just like Larson had to, just like all of her classmates had to, you're going to be that person who says, I might prefer meeting at school and seeing all my friends. But I know if I'm going to develop and learn, I'm going to have to go into the content in a whole new way. I'm going to have to learn to edit myself thoughtfully. I'm going to have to learn to be even more creative than I have been before. And just like Larson, you might take the risk. And after you do the basic editing, you might send your poem in. You might let it be read. You might let yourself be known. You might share that you were someone who did something altogether new. And really, I think content editing teaches us how important that is. We don't sabotage ourselves when we're in that mode. We're back in that zone of being creative. I think that's what it's all about. I want to thank you. I want to thank you for taking the time today to put Story You on your list of things to do. I love creating content for you, and I look forward to coming back next Thursday. Until then, namaste, my friends. <laughs>